My name is Jean Gallagher and welcome. Welcome to show number five, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we'll be talking to women business owners to understand their journey. And today, I'm excited to introduce Rita Massey. Hi, Rita. Hi. Rita has uh, really spent a lifelong, has lifelong interest in healing and has led her to a career 30 years practicing holistic healing arts, including body work, uh, Reiki, teaching yoga, and facilitating her inner healing and transformation. And I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah. So, so let's, start, let's start a little bit about your story, because I think that your story and what you've experienced yourself personally has really led, to, led you to where you are today. Isn't that right? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, so, so tell us about you and, um, and your journey. Well, I was uh, working as a massage therapist uh, back in the 90s and uh, established myself doing that and discovered that I had breast cancer. And so that took me on this long, it took 12 years because it had metastasized and all that stuff to really get clear of it. And I uh, learned a lot of things along the way about the body and the body and the mind. And even one of the first things that I learned, a couple of first things that I learned, first of all, is that asking questions is really helpful. So I kept asking, uh, what will it take for me to heal? Mm. And I was asking, um, yeah, well, so what will it take for me to heal? And so things would then sort of percolate to me and go, oh, okay. And one of the first things that came up is this, uh, I had this random phone call with a woman. I can't even remember how I met her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told me this amazing story on forgiveness. Uh, it was a, a Carolyn Mace uh, thing. And that this man had a, or this woman had attended one of her programs and was so ill from cancer and dying that she was, you know, kind of in a bed or a gurney or something. And they led the um, segment on forgiveness. At the end of it, this woman stood up and said, thank you very much and left the room. Wow. And then next time Carolyn Mace was in town, this woman picked her up at the airport. So obviously just that work on forgiveness uh, was what healed her. And so that's the big thing is the power of forgiveness. So that was a random call, but it really wasn't a random call. Exactly. It was supposed to happen, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the things I knew I had to work on for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and where, so forgiveness, where does that come from? Or where does that, where do you start? Is it forgiving yourself for being sick? Or how does forgiveness play into that? It all depends. It's again, you ask the question, what do I need to forgive? If you're getting a ping that you got to forgive something. A lot of times these things are hidden. 
And so there was like a lot of forgiving others. There was a forgiving the abuse that I experienced as a child. And it went to, uh, down to later on forgiving myself. And when I came to a place of forgiving myself, I really feel like that was a major shift that I could get completely free of the cancer. Hmm. And so does, and I don't know, maybe this isn't accurate, so you can tell me if it, this is totally wrong. But when you're asking questions in the manner that you're asking, you're asking, how do you get well versus why am I sick? Does that make a difference in the way you posture the question? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's everything to do with it because you want to ask why is not an empowering question. How is what mm. is empowering? Like, what can I do? Who can I be? What energy, space, and consciousness can I be to be completely healthy? If I say, why am I sick? You're just kind of going to go kind of get stuck into that energy instead of something that can shift some greater possibility that can come in. So as a total sideline, which I'm really good on tangents. <laughs> so we have to come back to this. Don't let me derail this totally because we're in a really good spot. But I think I want to emphasize this why part because this is really applicable to so many people in so many different areas, not just for illness it becomes the importance of almost a self-blame, right, in that question, mm -hmm. do you think? Right. So why, the using, so if we're using the word why in a question about our situation, we really have to be conscious of the words we're using. Is exactly. that be accurate? Exactly. So why is one word not to use? It's two letters away from wine, right? <laughs> so, um Either you're going to be blaming yourself or someone else. It's usually something where you're going to be blaming and getting fixed on the problem rather than the solution. That's really interesting. I, I've never really thought about it before. It makes sense when you hear it. And, but there's so many words in our, in our stories that we tell ourselves that happen all the time without us thinking about it. So that's really a good takeaway for many people is to pay attention, not just to what you're saying, but the words that make up what you're saying. Well, it's like the questions, if you even compare, why am I sick? Mm -hmm. and you, you ask that question, why am I sick? And see how that lands, see how that feels. And then you ask, what will it take for me to heal? Mm. You can feel, you can sense that, that what will it take for me to heal is much more empowering. Mm. Why am I sick? It's almost like, let's stay the victim. Yeah, interesting. So thank you for that. Thank you. And so... Forget, let's go back to forgiveness and um, back to what we were really talking about. And so tell us more. Okay, so um, it's pretty simple. A lot of people think of forgiveness as if it's about letting the other person off the hook. Mm -hmm. And it's not that at all. It's simply letting go of it's the effect of that experience on you. When you let go of the charge from that experience and all of the and all of the blames and all of the you know that you have tied in with it that keep you stuck in it, that forgiveness releases all of that. It's like it's really metaphysical or whatever. I understood when I forgave some really heavy things in my life. I understood the whole thing about the resurrection of Christ, you know, and I'm not saying that as advocating any religion or anything like that, but it's mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, the light bulb goes up. Like it would be impossible for somebody if, if people raise, can raise from the dead, it would be 
basically it wouldn't happen if uh, they had that anger or resentment of what was done to them. But it felt like the resurrection that when I did release that. Oh, interesting. And so with the release and the, the forgiveness piece, and how, how did that change your or progress your healing? Definitely, it's a, it healed my whole life, not just my body. Okay. It healed my whole life. And what it does is that it, we now know how much thoughts and emotions have. I mean, science has been studying how much thoughts and emotions have influence on our physiology, on our metabolism, on our neurotransmitters, on our gut microbiome, all of this stuff that constitutes health and unhealthy thinking and unhealthy emotions will um, foster disease. Mm. And healthy emotions will heal us. And, and give your body a chance to heal as well. Yeah, so that it will heal itself because the body is programmed to heal itself. Mm-hmm. But when we program all these thoughts in, they, they hinder that healing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so through your healing process or through your cancer journey, um, how, how long was that? Like I said, it was, uh, I had been battling with it for about 12 years where it was coming and going, coming and going. Mm-hmm. And then I was free of cancer for about nine years. And then about two years ago, it came back and I had to go a little deeper. So I really worked at it and uh, released some more stuff. And every time, you know, I come out lighter and happier. Interesting. And so tell us about your business progression through this and um, and where logistically where you had been in the country and where you are now, because that's important to talk about, <laughs> and, and how your business has evolved. Well, I, I had lived most of my life in uh, Southern California in the San Diego area. And then when, um, and so I went through basically the cancer journey was in California, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, at least the first 12 years of it was in California and I was free of it um, before I moved here to Maui. Um, so, um, and so you're in Maui now? I'm in Maui now, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how has your business, how has your business evolved since you moved to Maui? Well, what happened is that a couple of things is, um, for one thing, getting older, the body doesn't like to do as much hard physical work as, <laughs> you know, so massage is like, okay, for smaller amounts. And then I wanted to diversify. And also, I just felt called to go into working deeper with people. So I was going into, I started out with doing massage, and then I got into Reiki. And I've been doing that for a number of years, too. Uh, and uh, teaching yoga. Um, and always wanting to go, well, you know, massage is like a very temporary fix. How can I help people really change, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a more permanent, more uh, on a deeper level? And so I got led to doing through the Reiki and then doing distance energy work. And uh, now I'm doing more coaching. I had to, with my own inner work, healing the cancer, I learned a lot. Uh, and I got into 
uh, different modalities, a lot of different modalities of self-help. And uh, it was when I was in Maui that I got introduced to Access Consciousness, which is a very powerful set of tools. Mm -hmm. I've been exploring other things as well. I tend to be one. I like to have a big palette to work with. And so uh, that's what I'm doing now. So let's break that down a little bit so that people have an understanding. And I, you know, I have a really high level understanding of some of this, but not a lot. So tell me a little bit about the energy healing piece. Well, that's basically what Reiki is. Um, it's basically being able to send energy. Uh, and basically what you're doing is you're channeling a spiritual healing energy. That's so a very spiritual practice, actually, Reiki is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, um, you know, it's rooted in the Buddhist tradition. Um, the person who started it also felt he had some connection or to the Christianity. I don't know what it is, but it's tradition is actually rooted, uh, rooted in Buddhism. And, uh, so it, it really goes into like that, the deepest essence of spirit and, uh, accessing that source to help facilitate people healing mm-hmm. um, and doing that distantly I learned how to do that distantly and then that kind of works with the, the coaching and doing the intuitional work and I've been doing I've been practicing uh, Raja Yoga for a long time which is basically a meditation practice okay and so I think that we had talked a little bit about the process of clearing within the edu- um, energetic work, right? Yeah. So how does, what, how does that work and what does that do and what are the benefits of that, the clearing process? The clearing process is what I do with that is, um, you know, because I'm working with the intuition a lot too, it's working a lot with the questions. And then it's clearing what can be in the way of that coming through and that's something I learned with access consciousness and so what what type of questions or how does the how do you determine the question or is this really specific to a particular person it's very specific to the person I could say you could structure it a certain way but what the topic of the question is is going to depend on that person mm-hmm. a lot of people if they have a physical ailment it's like so what um what will it take for me to heal? What energy, space, and consciousness can I be to be um, perfectly healthy? And also, you could be asking things like, um, what is this illness or condition protecting me from? Because a lot of times, we bring these onto ourselves in order to protect ourselves in a way from making a choice that maybe would be better, but we're afraid to make that choice. Oh, really? Like how so? Do you have an example? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll use my case. Um, Being out there and being seen and getting on podcasts and stuff is very scary to me. (laughs) I finally like getting over it, you know, but it's taken a long time to go, okay, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be an intuitive healer and coach and, uh, and do all of this amazing stuff. And uh, 
Uh, some, but some part of me was going to get burned at the stake for doing this or whatever it was, you know, just some niggling unconscious fear that was like, it didn't feel safe for me or I didn't feel worthy of it or whatever was the thing. So cancer was a way that it kept me from really pursuing going deeper into my work and my career and what I knew I was capable of for a long time. We mentioned, we talked a little bit about the imposter syndrome, and what you just mentioned made me think of that. Yeah, right? and, exactly. And, and so, how does that how does that play into um, preventing us from doing what we feel we should be able to do or are capable of doing? And how do you how how do we overcome that? Well, the uh, first thing is to uh, see what's behind it and. Most commonly, it's feeling that I'm not good enough, that maybe it's my ego, maybe it's I've got this uh, grandiosity going on. And yet, you know, when you get that uh, urge, that calling from within, you know it, but it's hard to own that. You know, it's like going back to the Bible again. I was raised on (laughs) the Bible like a lot of people uh, and, you know, um, I kind of transcended to other levels of being with. So I don't take literal, but I take the lessons from the Bible. And one of the things is that Moses was having a hard time with with being called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, look at this as, as like an allegory, like it's very metaphorical. And we all get that calling. And, you know, if we're going to lead Israelites or whatever, or what are our Israelites, if we're going to step into some kind of leadership, and that's daunting for a lot of us. And so, so to recognize we have that and say, it can't be me. Who, me? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not up to it. You know, I'm not worthy of it. I don't feel I'm fixable. I'm not feeling capable of it. Um, Something bad is going to happen if I do it. All of those things can hold us back. And, and then that also comes back to the questions that we ask ourselves, right? Exactly. And, um, and how we, the, self, the stories that we tell ourselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all about unwinding those stories because they're just stories. They are not who we are. And yeah, it's really to to really step into who we are, and it's to shed the stories. And what's left is just this really amazing being that every single person is. And that process of shedding, and that process of shedding, that takes time, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I say because we're stubborn, and we hold on to things. Some of us more than others. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So I try to make it as um, dynamic as I can. And um, because it can be daunting to really shift and change and transform, as you might say, Mm -hmm. and to let go of those things. And, uh, you know, I've always been on the path of looking for ways that are easiest, most painless, so you're not digging up the old stuff and uh, you don't have to go anywhere further than just be aware of a feeling. And know there's some story there, but you don't have to get into the story to recognize the lie that's in there. 
and, and so the, with a progression of your modalities and moving into the access consciousness, did I get that right? Access consciousness. Okay, good. <laughs> and so how did that transition happen? What drew you to the access consciousness and how does that change what you do with clients? Well, what drew me to it actually is a story in itself. Um, a girlfriend out of the blue called me and uh, she had been living on Maui for a while and we hadn't even gotten together to see each other. We had known each other in California. Oh, wow. Uh, but she was on the other side of the island. So I just, you know, I didn't get over there much and she didn't get over my way. So she said, hey, I just found out about this thing. And there's a lady teaching this class like tomorrow or the next day right in your neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> and so I went and checked it out and um, we both went to the class. Um, I actually looked online and, and uh, I just felt really pulled mm. to do it. And at the time I was struggling with a depression. I had just moved here. I had been through a lot. I had been through recovering from my own illness. I had lost my husband. I had just lost his mother mm. uh, whom I was living with and caring for. And I had just lost my mother. And then I moved over here. And uh, so I was recovering from all of that stuff. What brought you to Maui in the first place? Well, the fact that actually uh, my sister had moved here earlier, um, many years before. And then my parents, when they retired, had moved here. So I was actually coming back and forth to help take care of my parents. Hmm. And then it was like, well, here I go. Here I am. <laughs> you know, I'll stay here as a good place to kind of recuperate and heal. Mm -hmm. But I did have that kind of depression and I just, um, I thought I could just bounce back and just jump into Maui and go, oh, this is great. But I was just, oh, for a couple of years, it took that much time. Wow. And, you know, and I realized now people told me it does take a while. With what I went through, it, it would take a while to get back on my feet. But around that time, though, that's when this came. And uh, after the class, which was the Access Consciousness Bar, the first class, I woke up in the morning, the next morning, and for the first time, I felt happy for no reason. Wow. Yeah. Just after one class. Just after one class. I woke up feeling happy for no reason. Interesting. And that, it's funny how things show up in our neighborhoods that we're supposed to attend, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> that you don't know about. So I want to talk about that, but I have a quick question going back to something you just said. And so with the depression and the healing part of the time that takes, do you think, is there, is there some guilt in there too that has to be worked through? Or is it, do you think, or do you, is there, because what came to me when you were saying that is I was wondering is, is as you're, you've been through so much, is there any internal guilt that happens in those feelings too? Or is it really just more of a depression and something that you're working out of? Or do you feel guilty for getting better? <laughs> That's a really good question. And I haven't really analyzed that so much. There may have been a piece of that. Um, I don't know if I feel guilty for having survived. I really worked hard at it. And, uh, and I recognize that, that it took courage mm. 
because I had to face the demons. And I feel sad for the people that are, that don't make it. Yeah, I do, you know, and I've lost a lot of friends to cancer. Mm. Courage is an interesting word. And so, and so important to try to find and hard to find. And it takes courage to, to do any kind of inner work. Mm-hmm. Because you gotta face all those things inside of us that we, you know, it's like, you know, worse than going into and cleaning a closet, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna find there. You may not like what you see there. It's like I don't want to even know it's there. Or it might all fall on top of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you don't clean it out, and that's yeah. what diseases are. You know, and it starts falling on top of you. Uh, or, you know, things that you invite in your life because you're not cleaned up inside and you're attracting a lot of um, mm. not as good a thing to come into your life. Or, you know, you end up making not the best choices mm. because you're going for what's familiar and outwardly comfortable. There's this whole thing about access and consciousness. They talk about light and heavy, right? So if it's true, it's light. If it's not true, it's heavy. And a lot of people are going with what's comfortable and what's not comfortable. And there's a lot of times comfortable is heavy mm. and uncomfortable is light. It can be very uncomfortable and very light. But people don't, they just see the uncomfortable and they don't want to go there. So you know, how do you quantitate that, quantitate that feeling of light versus feeling of heavy? <clears throat> how, do, how do you define to a thing, how do you define the term light or define the word heavy? I think it's kind of an internal thing you 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 figure out. Some people feel like light is like there's this upward motion lifting feeling with it and heavy is uh, kind of goes down. Some people feel light is like spacious and heavy is dense. Mm. Um, so it, you can kind of sense in your own, you know, I really invite people to use their own internal uh, senses. Mm-hmm. Or it could we even have, be a color association have, too, right? It could be, if that's what you are, like light and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, so it becomes a very personal thing, but it's, that, it's a sense that you can have. So after one class, so tell us, how do, how do you think one class made you feel lighter, right? Or happier? Or what was it that really clicked for you? Well, in that class, uh, the first class, what I learned was um, a, a thing they call the access consciousness bars, which is really great for if you're a massage therapist and put your hands on people because mm-hmm. it's a hands-on process. Um, and they did get into the questions and the clearings with the questions uh, somewhat, but it was focused on this hands-on thing and what it is is that it is where you're placing your fingers lightly touching the head and holding the position of the fingers for a while and there's a sense of something discharging energetically Mm -hmm. so as a practitioner I feel that my fingers get buzzy Mm -hmm. and the person lying on the table goes into la-la land and this is where your Reiki works Really that's not right. That's not no, right. it's not. But you have the you've had that feeling before, or you've had the energy transference. Did that help? Do you think, or is it totally different? 
it's a totally different thing. It works kind of, it's kind of like the difference between, you know, it's, work, it's maybe a little bit more towards something like acupuncture or acupressure. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something that electrical that happens in the brain. Mm -hmm. That's, now, I don't know, because they're still researching to figure out exactly what goes on with it. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, um, I could say it was a download and somebody, they were just fooling around with it. And then they came up with this. And this was just like, you know, the person that came up with it, he's a very intuitive person. And uh, um, it, it started to work. And the result is that you get clear from doing the access bars. You get, your head is just clear of a lot of the static and clutter. And even a lot of the, um, where your mind is entrained in certain patterns of thoughts and emotions and reactions mm. and it's there that when you can neutralize those pathways you can then look at the world with new eyes Interesting, because now you don't have all of those um, patterns set up in your consciousness it's kind of like you're a little bit more like a little kid or a new baby and just going okay you know what's out there instead of interpreting everything according to your past traumas. <laughs> mm -hmm. It gives you an opportunity to have a different outlook on us on the same thing. Yes. And it, uh, a little space to make a different choice than what would be that habitual reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the main thing. And it's not like it makes you stupid. It doesn't make you make like your brand new baby. You have to learn everything all over again. It's where all of this stuff that comes in, where you have all of these assumptions and conclusions that you jump to are cleared out of the way. So it's more like a, a more pure awareness. Interesting. So you can address a situation from that place instead of all the programming. Mm -hmm. And so this is where you're, after attending the class yourself, this is what has really springboarded the trajectory of your business currently. Is that right? Yeah, I'd have to say to a certain extent, it's a combination of things, and it's sort of like all kind of come together. Mm -hmm. uh, so that my able, my being able to work with the Reiki distantly means that I can now work distantly with other people and do access consciousness, mostly the questions, the clearings. So a lot of those questions that I learned, I learned from access consciousness. Mm -hmm. So the what and the how questions. Uh, that get people going. These are empowering questions. Mm -hmm. So as long as you are in the question, you're open to new possibilities. You come up with an answer, you close all the door to the other possibilities. Then it's time to ask more questions. So you stay open to more possibilities. Wow, interesting. And so what does, what does a, um, a client interaction look like for you? <laughs> Can you even answer the question? I don't know. So is it possible to even answer because you're pulling in so many different modalities for one particular person and one person might be different than another person, exactly. right? So that's how probably I, a bad question. And <laughs> how I do a massage. I have a big broad palette of what I do with massage and it just depends who's on my table and what they need at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's that way when I work with my clients so that I, there's a whole toolbox with access consciousness. There's the Reiki, and I'm now 
playing with Sedona method. I've learned tapping. I've learned a lot of things where what is this client going to need right now? And I work with my intuition, and sometimes I'm asked to do something that's totally unrelated to anything I've ever learned before. Hmm. Because I'm getting a hit to do this thing. I'm going, I'm just going with it. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And then, you know, the client will go, wow, that was great. And I'm going, oh, okay. <laughs> so do you have to do anything to protect yourself from their energy? Um, I stay connected to my spiritual source. So if I'm, if I am, I, and, and also, if, you know, there's two things. That's that connection there. The other thing is by staying out of judgment. Why? How? Tell me about that. It's just a choice, really. When I see that up, it's like, okay, that's a judgment. How can I see this purely? So if I'm having a sense of, oh, I'm interpreting anything or or taking in something, mm -hmm. you know, for one thing, and it's not, not, not light, you know, for one thing, it's not mine. Send it back. Mm. Return to sender. Return to sender. Um, but a lot of it is by staying in, in, in my spiritual guidance system. And so I'm constantly getting washed. Mm -hmm. And that helps me keep out of judgment because more than I'm more in that divine consciousness, you'd say. And there's no judgment there. So if I'm there in the attitude that I am serving the divine, they are guiding me, they are instructing me, and that's, my job is not their business, the client's business is not my job. Mm -hmm. It's between them and God. Okay, and I'm just sort of a, um, uh, you know, <laughs> a tool, you might say. Mm -hmm. Um so they can make a connection. Yeah, well, that's what a healer does, mm -hmm. you know, a true healer. Mm -hmm. It's not really doing the healing. You're a conduit for the healing. I'm a conduit. Good word. Thank I you. Before. Thank <laughs> you for bringing that up. That's perfect. Good, good. And, and so through all of this, and in order to take care of others, you have to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And what does, what do you do yourself to take outside of, um, outside of healing so what do you do yourself outside outside yes very quickly what i do inside you can see surrounding me mm -hmm. okay and i've said about that because i know you want to get into the no but let's talk about the music first oh. no no we don't have to rush to the outside let's talk about the music too because that's really important yeah it nourishes the soul um mm -hmm. gotta find these things that nourish the soul make you feel like life is worth living and I find that music really does that. Uh, and I've had that all my life. And I've been, you know, when I get, sometimes I get too busy for it. And uh, a lot of years I have. And recently I've really dove back into it. And it's like, why did I ever abandon it before? Mm. You know? What brought you back to it? Um, not being completely uh, away from it, but just having an opportunity to play with some people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now I've been regularly playing with people and, uh, you know, and I've been taking some vocal lessons and whatnot. So uh, getting serious about it again, you know, I have done a little bit of professional work in the past and, you know, life gets, we get busy and we just don't do much of 
one thing or another. And when I did get into the healing work, um, part of what I did music for was satisfied in doing the healing work. Mm-hmm. Uh, because music is a healing modality in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so working with my hands uh, on healing other people uh, satisfied that aspect of the music. But what the music does for me, particularly, you know, in just lightening up my soul is something that even, you know, when you're in this thing of, of putting out so much energy to um, to work on another person, it's not the same as, it's just as fun for me as it is for the listener. So then, but it also must refuel you, right? Totally, Yeah. yeah. And so do you, and we never talked about this, so I don't know if this is a good question or not. Um, this came up in a conversation with somebody else just recently. Do you ever do sound bathing? Yes. Yes. I have favorite people that I go and do their, their sound bath, sound journeys. One of, there's there's uh, some people that do these things. They call it sound journeys, and it's kind of a journey. It's just mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, Native American drumming and mm-hmm. chanting. And crystal bowls together is just, it's off the chart mm-hmm. with these two ladies. Just, mm-hmm. If you ever come to Maui and you got Gentle Thunder and Shailana, go see them. Wow, fantastic. So shout out to them. <laughs> so when you're not playing music, and um, tell us about your outside activities, because this is really exciting for me, I think. It's outside wonderful. activities is like, okay, um, I grew up on the beach. And yes, I love hiking too. So if I don't have a beach, I find somewhere to go. And um, but if there's a body of water, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the experience of what's called now. There's a book now called Blue Mind. I don't know. And there was even a documentary, and it's just the whole thing about how water has such an effect. And I think it's Green Mind too. You know, you get into green places. It's the same thing. It's just ah, mm-hmm. oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that just mellows you out. So um, being a beach person and, and uh, searched in California, when I came here uh, and being a little older, and then you have the waves are bigger. And are a bit bigger there. <laughs> yeah, and they're heavier. They, they've got more of a, they throw more. They're stronger, even for the same size of wave. And they break over coral. And injuries on coral is not fun. And so I'm kind of squeamish about the coral. So I've taken, a, and then I got invited to um, paddle with Outrigger Club. Mm-hmm. And it was for cancer survivors. It's like, oh, this is going to be interesting. So I went to um, went to check it out, and I just fell full on in love with it because it's got everything I like about exercise, the outdoors, and the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And there's something really cool about when you are paddling in sync with these other people and you get into this Zen thing mm-hmm. with them that uh, is a special bond. And it becomes that group group act, effort, right? And group uh-huh. energy together. Yes. Join together for a for a a, a solo goal, right? So for a singular goal, like, you know, moving the canoe forward. But for us as cancer survivors, it's even a little more because we have that cancer thing. Um, so, yeah. And when I did have a recurrence while I was here on Maui, 
they really had my back. Wow. Oh my gosh. And they they knew what and they knew which doctors were the best and everything because I was like clueless and they got they plugged me into the right people and the right so it was great, you know. And but the thing is, you know, it's it's like oh, I really have a need to be out in nature and get away from the phones and the people and the and the static and all that stuff and getting on the water uh, is so wonderful and seeing the creatures out there. We have whales in the winter and. We get out there, and sometimes you can hear them sing through our hall. Oh, wow. It's just incredible. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And they, they, you know, we we paddle in a bay. It's Malaya mm-hmm. Bay. People know uh, Maui. It's on the south side, and it's, you know, they would know where it is. Um, we paddle out of Sugar Beach at Maui Canoe Club. So at that end, in this sheltered place, the shallow and shelter, that's where the mothers have their babies. Oh, wow. And so we get to see moms and babies. And if you go out in other places, it's a little deeper water and uh, all that, that's where you get to see the competition ponds. And you see a lot of action because they jump around and they're showing off and they're posturing and they're, um, you know, sometimes they get, you know, rough with each other even. So <laughs> you don't want to get too close to them. Not too close. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, as far as the mothers and babies go, you know, we, we keep a respectable distance because um, they need their space. It's very special. Occasionally, you have a very curious youngster um, that wants to come close and visit us. They're going to look out and see if the protective mother comes by. It's like, okay. <laughs> Quick, paddle the other way. <laughs> yeah, I'll start paddling backwards or something. And it's, it's kind of, you have to be be aware of where the animals are at, you know, um, because generally the whales are very, very um, gentle creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she's being protective, more likely she's going to nudge your baby away from the canoe than to attack the canoe. Mm-hmm. Right? She's not really threatened by us, but she just wants to make sure her, her baby is okay. And, you know, and so we like to, to, you know, and it depends on, on the, some mothers are quite okay with their babies coming up. Some of them bring their babies to you. Really? Yes. So amazing. Yeah, it is. It's it's just so beautiful. Yeah. There's so much that we don't understand about, especially about sea mammals and how they, what they think, how they operate, how smart they are. Mm-hmm. There's so much we don't understand, but the, it's, just incredible to watch. Yes, it is. It's very awe-inspiring. Of course, they're, they're being as huge as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just they get close to you, you just hold your breath. <laughs> Whoa! You know. <laughs> yep. Whales and sunsets. That's the magic of Maui. Wow. Yeah. It's been it's been wonderful talking with you today, Rita. Thank you. And I want to give you an opportunity for two things. One is to give us your website and then also tell us a little bit about um, your packages that you have for your business. Yeah. So do that. And then I have one last question. Oh, okay. So you want me to do my... Um, yeah. So your website. Yep. Okay. My website is higherlifehealing.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Higherlifehealing.com. 
And if you go to the um, page about soul empowerment, and it's there, on, you'll, you'll see the link to it on the um, homepage. Uh, there you go to uh, find out more about the soul empowerment work that I do. And I am offering a very special thing of our one-off sessions, uh, an introductory uh, price of $125. It's only for a certain period of time I'm going to have that um, going on. And a package of three is being for $297. So check it out. And if you feel like you need to, a little help in getting the courage to step into your, your, your real calling, your true calling, and uh, visit me. And how much? How long are each session? Oh, they're sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Great. Good. And so my last question to you is, what? And I didn't warn you about this, so yeah. surprise. Uh, what thought would you like to leave us with today? Oh wow. Um, yeah, anything is possible. For me, I I've had the most it created internal struggles, you know, and if I can do it, so can you, is, is the thought that I would like to leave. Thank and you. there's one other thing I would like to do. Just, uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have it on a bookmark, and I just wanted to. Oh. Um, Uh-oh. Maybe it's not meant to, oh, here it is, here it is. You probably all have heard this quote before, but um, I, I think it's appropriate to remind people <clears throat> by Marianne Williamson. It goes like this, our worst fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You are, and your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in every one of us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people the permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Well, thank you for sharing. And on that thought, thank you so much for being here today. And it's been a pleasure, pleasure talking with you. And uh, everybody have a great day. And we'll see yeah. you in a couple of weeks, first thank and third Wednesday at 2 
Well, how was that? Are you? How was that? It was fun. 